0: afternoon, Friends and Traders. Welcome to the Limit Up Podcast. I am Dan Hodgman.
1: I am Jack Pelzer. Jack, how you doing? Good. You were in a rush. You just got
0: here a few seconds before. That's why we were a little bit late starting this stream. Barely made it. It's been a hectic day. Uh, trying to get things wrapped up for uh, a week next week that uh, we're not going to be around.
1: That's right. No podcast next week. There's a big sort of difference in programming next week because we're going to be in Las Vegas, which I am looking forward to, to answer your question.
0: Uh, I am too. Yeah. I can't wait.
1: Exciting stuff. Well, Almost speaking, as exciting
0: these markets.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of <laughs> hectic stuff, I didn't see right at the close there because we were starting the stream. Did we get some we, new lows? We right got about, new lows. Well, there was one dip below in the middle of the day. For those of you who haven't been watching the markets today, it's been Fed Talkapalooza. Everyone's getting their opinion out there. And of course, it's our good friend Bullard is always, he's the curmudgeon of the group you get a feel for all the different uh fed governors along the way and he's always the one that's gonna upend the apple cart and say hey we're thinking maybe 50 basis points in march and so that's what happened there and that's why
0: those big red bars are apparent yeah no surprise uh no, it's been a hectic i would say two weeks here in the united states between that we've got shootings of ufos um Train, train
1: derailments. Train explosions. I it's mean, like the Dumb and Dumber thing of, you know, our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, we've seen everything over Lake Michigan, UFOs, stuff like that. I uh, think that's probably part of what's moving the market.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, there's not never been much UFO talk on, like, major news. And it, to be clear, UFO is unidentified flying object. It is not alien spacecraft. Um, yeah. we're not going to go down that route. There's other places maybe if you want to talk offline, I could talk about, you know, aliens and UFOs because I think it's an interesting topic. But. Certainly.
1: Well, I think that's what the TV coverage was waiting for, right? They have all this pent-up stuff they want to talk about UFOs, you know, you talk about the same things over and over again. You're on CNBC, you know, every week we got to talk about for instance what Bullard said today. But you know you really want to talk about some unidentified balloon floating in the (laughs) desert somewhere (laughs)
0: aliens ufos extraterrestrial um. well
1: back to earth dan where i would say the last couple weeks have sort of you know we've been surging higher it's it's been crazy to watch the interest rates or uh, sorry the yields on uh treasuries rising again stocks are kind of like whatever man i'm staying up i think we're going to be in kind of a range here until we figure out what there's more clarity about what the terminal rate will be because i think that given the new hot data coming out basically everything's good that's out there where the fed's going with this and i think it could go a little bit higher than we were thinking five and a quarter was kind of the consensus but now leave it open you know if mortgage rates are approaching seven percent again I think it's totally possible, and that is the big story going forward, Dan.
0: It is. And a couple other things to think about, too, Jack. You're talking Fed, you're talking interest rate, you're talking about things going on in the economy. To touch on you know, the train explosion in East Palestine, Ohio, this is not just a little thing that's going to affect maybe that area, but they're now finding livestock that are drinking that drinking water um, 100 to 200 miles away, dropping dead, which can have a major impact for those of you trading livestock um, or any of those products as well. So if you are one of the fewer traders out there trading those products, that's stuff to keep an eye on.
1: How many cattle contracts do you think we trade at Top Step, Dan, among all the traders? Could you pull that up real quick? I'll, I could tell a story while you do. Can't? It can't be many. I remember there was, there, there was a couple of guys I used to work with who got a additional trading box brought in with a couple of screens so they could trade the, uh, the cattle crush or whatever? And I just remember thinking that, like, what an insane thing to do. I like, mean, don't people get me wrong, love it. People, people, people love it, but there's enough action in the treasury bonds, which is what 99% of the firm was trading at the time. And I felt bad for our poor night guys
0: who's like, you know what you can watch now? <laughs> this. <laughs> you can watch cattle uh i'm seeing if i can get it pulled up computers are moving slow today must be some, that ufo <laughs> someone out there if somebody out there passes the combine and i feel
1: confident saying this i will will give some kind of prize if somebody out there passes the trading combine trading nothing but cattle futures we will get you a prize get you a cowboy hat or something i'm confident saying that
0: i'd be, be fun. that.
1: yeah exactly so that's the proclamation i'm gonna make more of this in the future. But that's interesting, Dan. I hadn't heard about that yet. Yeah, You'll, you'll be...
0: laugh. The person who gave me the most information on it... Who? Lives in Budapest, Hungary. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which then got me going down a rabbit hole the other day, researching, reading, learning, finding out that its impacts are now being seen all the way down in New Orleans. Um, it's a pretty wild thing. I highly recommend... I- you know, I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to really talk too much about it, but the science and what I was understanding is pretty extreme. Uh, so anyone out there, I do recommend kind of reading into this a little bit. This sounds I, pretty, pretty bad. I
1: dare. I'm almost halfway to being like, okay, let's go down this rabbit hole right now, Dan. <laughs> For the record, today's topic is eventually going to be uh, post-trade <laughs> <laughs> reflection and emotions uh, about how to process the end of a trade. Maybe next week, Dan, we have more information. We'll go completely down the rabbit hole. I'm I, down. I, yeah. I'll, I'll try and bring some conspiracies of my own.
0: I'll br- I'll put on my white science coat uh, that I got in third grade and uh, get my Bill Nye bow tie. And uh, I'll explain the science of what's happening with this uh, the chemicals that got released.
1: Dan the science man. Okay. We can do that. I... Uh, You came with a topic today, Dan, and I think it's interesting because I hadn't really thought about it as much. We talk a lot about the reflection, which the reflection is important. We did an episode a while back, but I kind of forgot about just the emotional end of it. And One thing I thought about was that every time that I personally am out of a trade, whether it was a good trade, a terrible trade, the worst trade, it is a little bit of a dopamine hit to me that no matter how bad it is, I feel instantly better. My blood pressure drops just initially. I'll be depressed about it later or whatever else. But in that <laughs> instance, it feels good. For, for those of you that are have a tendency to bag hold, as the kids would call it, I promise you, cutting a loser, it feels great.
0: That is the first thing I wanted to talk about, Jack, was how the different feeling between a really good winning trade and a really crappy losing trade. That losing trade is a sigh of relief. Once you finally just accept that loss and you – because there's a buildup, right? Like, you know, even if it's just hitting that stop, you're watching it go there, you have that buildup, you get that anxiety, the stress kind of comes into play a little bit, and that ends, you can kind of go, at least it's over. I just mm-hmm. got through that. That sucked. Uh, where the winning trade, I can tell you. On the flip side, if I close a big winner, um, I've had to fight this urge, but I'm watching the market to see how much more I could have made, so I have a little bit of FOMO, and I'm like, man, if I stayed in or like I've, and I still do this. I, I'm not saying I am unemotional when it comes to trading. Um, But like, I'm thinking the same, the concept of like, man, I should have had more contracts on, or if I got in on the original price, or if I stayed in, it was going to keep going or, Oh, I see another level above. I should have stayed into that level. And then boom, it gets that level. I'm, I think every single one of us goes through that exact same, you know, rigmarole there, but it's not just necessarily the reaction, but how the emotions are going through, like how we're going to actually, play off of that i I said it's not the reaction i meant it's not the emotion uh it's the reaction of how we you know follow up to those
1: yeah i think that it is by the way i'm going to look up at some point what rigmarole means the word comes from ragman doll a game children played in the past of sort of being all over the place that is your fact of the day
0: it's a word my dad uses all the time rigmarole i I mean i love it that's a real like that's (laughs) a real
1: punchy little phrase to have in your pocket you discussed the FOMO on the winning trades. I think on the losing trades and winning trades, it's impossible to tell people not to, you know, the classic bad beat in anything. You always think about, I'll still, when I'm in a uh, mood to do such, go back and think like, oh man, you know, how much money would I have if I put $10,000 in, you know, Amazon on this date or stuff like that. And whether it's a winner or a loser, you're going to think what could have been either way. And I think it's important to watch what happens after you exit a trade. But at the same time, you need to be realistic too. I know a lot of times, a uh, classic stories, is I think that at one point, say, Amazon stock in that was down, say, you know, 90% off its highs, right? And then went on this huge uh, rally or whatever else. I think you have to be realistic about like wh- how this actually would have played out. You can't assume... I think when we look at what happens after we're out of a trade, we tend to assume that we have... Uh, when we're not in a trade, we're the perfect trader. As if if we held this position on, we would have traded it completely right. We would have top-ticked it. And as Hogue has said, like, you, if you trade long enough, you're going to top-tick something. You're going to bottom-tick something. But it doesn't matter who you are, that's not going to
0: happen often. Jack, I can tell you one time I've bottom-ticked a market. I bought oil... And I can't tell you what handle it was. I'm going to say 60 just as an arbitrary number. Uh, but I can tell you what cent it was. Um, I really liked 60-20. I like that 20-cent mark. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, you know what? My lucky number is 22. Okay. I'm going to buy a couple contracts at 60-22. I got two of the five fills at 60-22 before the market rallied about $4.
1: Oh, that's the uh, real bottom tick. Yeah.
0: I clipped it to the tick, and it was one of the best, most wild experiences of my life. Was it the best, best trade I've ever made? Absolutely not. Picking 22 was totally out of a hat. It's a lucky number. I said, I'll buy 22s instead of 20s. I got the fill. Had I traded the 20, worked the 20s and missed the 20s, maybe I would have moved it up to 25s to see if I could catch 25s. I would have been fine with that so in hindsight it was nothing about me as a trader it was me just playing i like 22 the number and i got lucky and that one sticks with me right Um, because i recognize just how lucky i got picking that
1: yes there's no strategy that can involve you know perfectly or even close to doing anything top ticking or bottom ticking but in our minds i feel like you look at a chart and it's along the lines of okay i got out there but if i had just held it I would have sold this. Well, it would have been a different strategy that if you you were going to hold it longer, maybe it would have worked then. Maybe a trade you made in the past wouldn't have worked with the same strategy. So you can't dwell on those things, but you're going to think about them. Just uh, recognize that thought, let it pass, realize no one's perfect.
0: Absolutely. And the key thing here to me, the reason I like this topic so much is you have to check in with yourself after trade. Um, When that trade is said and done, obviously, if you go through the initial emotion, okay, I had a little FOMO. I could have stayed in that. Remind yourself, okay, number one, this was my plan. My plan executed great. That was a big win. Jack, you touched on it really well. Um, You're not perfect. Um, After you get out of that trade, you know, you don't know what emotions and what reactions and how you would have reacted to certain things. But if you can get out of a trade and you traded it to the plan, you executed as you planned it to a T, you followed your trading plan, you followed your rules, you did what you're supposed to. Remind yourself that's a big win. And then check in with yourself. Or if it's a loss, hey, even losers can be looked at as a win, right? You Definitely. stuck to your plan. That's huge because it can be emotionally defeating when you take a loss. Um remember, we're what's the saying?
1: Um I'll just start spitting out sayings battles, right now. Uh it's not about, it's not the, about the
0: battle but it's about the war or something like that uh, they it, may have won the battle but though they haven't won the war um,
1: yeah won the battle lost the war There's yeah a lot of times the way that's phrased
0: yes so right like you have a losing trade doesn't mean you're you're done um so you got to kind of run yourself through those reminders and then check in how am i feeling am i pissed am i irritated? Um, Am I going to find myself chasing? Really check in with yourself and do an emotional, you know, emotional intelligence. JD talked about it on the coach's playbook this week, how important that is. Check in with yourself. If you're feeling not right, shut it down. You don't have to push yourself to a daily loss limit or uh, push yourself to a point that your rules say it's time to quit. If you don't feel good or if you're feeling off a little bit or you're feeling frustrated or anxious or, you know, something out of the norm. Don't be afraid to shut it down, and if it's a small winning day or a small losing day, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: I could have saved myself so much money in my career by acting more logically and control uh, controlling my downside. Basically, I feel as though a lot because, like we said uh, this week in Coach's Playbook, I think I mentioned the fact that money's money, whether you go from zero to $1,000 PL or negative $100,000 to negative $101,000, that's the same thousand. And those all carry over to make your account. And I lost so much more money needlessly on the, on the red side of that equation. Usually on medium to big losing days of instead of tossing in the towel of letting things run a little bit longer and not treating it. Like if I had zero P and would never be in this position. I would never lose X amount of money on it, but because I'm already down, it doesn't mean the same thing. It's like, it's, it's funny money at that point. And it's uh, never funny money unless you're on a simulator.
0: I've heard people that are moving cash from one side of the table to the other to actually kind of realize it. Um, I've heard about people putting stacks of hundred dollar bills on their table and you know they take a thousand dollars. They're moving a thousand into a drawer and kind of creating that implication of how much I just lost. I've talked about it in the past. The cable bill.
1: Yeah, Dan's cable bill. Freaking hate it. I have index. cut the cord.
0: I cut the cord. I don't have cable anymore. I use uh, YouTube TV. Um, I'm streaming my cable. It's much cheaper. Uh, but the cable bill. It's a two hundred dollar note. And every lose every time I lose two hundred bucks, I got to remind myself, hey, that's a cable bill. And if I'm getting emotional by it, if I'm finding myself, if I end a trade, and I recognize, man, I just spent that whole trade. That was a dumb trade. I started chasing. Add that into your rules and shut yourself down if you find yourself chasing once, because it's a slippery slope. You can. It's easier to stop yourself after the first time. You know, it's like it's like a little kid. You know, I don't know what the right like. Jack, you've got a kid. You, you see a kid kind of test the boundary waters a little bit you know mom and dad says don't go past this line in the yard and they put one foot over and they don't you know they don't get caught so it gets a little easier to do it the second time the first time it's like i don't know i'm just envisioning the Rugrats tv show um great show and all i could think of is like you know the main character pushing his luck and one of the other kids the redhead kid yelling at him don't do that mom and dad are gonna be mad you're gonna get in trouble and he does the second foot and he's like oh you're really gonna get in trouble but now it's getting easier because you're not getting in trouble um eventually you're gonna get a little too far or uh well the you get a little too big for the britches there and you're gonna be pushing it a little too far and you're gonna get caught with your pants down too far
1: yeah don't call your pants down i have another random fact today we get two and this ties together a bunch of things we've been talking about that don't involve trading so i gotta spit it out real quick specifically Vegas and the Rugrats. How am I going to connect them? Uh, The author, a sad story, but the author of Leaving Las Vegas, who it's a semi-autobiographical book, right? Horrible problems. You can read about what happened to him and stuff like that. He actually was a writer for one episode of the Rugrats. He wrote the story of it. So there you go. I've connected them.
0: All right, Check Jack, it out. you're
1: on it with the facts today. I know. I'm uh, swimming in them. But to bring it back, I um, the other part of money seeming, seemingly feeling different when you're down is that my head was never right when I was way down compared to when I was, say, way up. Way up, I felt confident. I felt, you know— there i'd have to worry about too much confidence if you're doing something like that but i usually didn't have a huge position on at that point i felt like i was just seeing things on the charts i felt like pushing but when i was down and the, like i talked about trying to control my downside is where i could have made progress when i was down a bunch of money i was feeling fearful i was feeling anxious like physically and any out there who actually trade, you've probably experienced this. Like, and I think this is, pe- you know, people who don't trade, and we have employees at Top Step and things like that who have not traded. I don't think they recognize like the physical distress that it can bring on when you're down in a trade, like that feeling in the pit of your stomach. I've had times where like I could not, I felt like I could not use my mouse to like click the right things because. I was shaky. I was just – I'm sure you've been there, Dan.
0: The best way I can describe it is like that moment when you're laying in bed and you can't sleep and your mind is running wild. Right. And you can't focus on anything, but you have like – instead of just – you're trying to focus on sleeping, right? You're laying in bed. Your mind's running a million miles an hour. Every mistake you made from the time you were six years old is going through your head like, man, I can't believe I did that. I'm so embarrassed by that. Whatever. Mm-hmm but you're trying to focus on sleeping. I think the same kind of feeling is with trading when you're down. I can tell you my own experiences. It's been uh really easy to add size when I'm down and it's really easy to yes. take size away when I'm crushing it. Like I've had those days, Jack, like you're talking about, like everything is just hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And you have no problem going, you know what? <laughs> That's a, You know, a big, big day. I'm just going to keep milking what I can, but I'm not going to lose what I got. And you feel like everything's just perfect. You're not even frustrated that you only traded, you know, half your half your size or a quarter unit. Um, You're just cruising on the downside. You have those big losers and you know you're approaching it. It's really easy to go instead of trading one unit. I'm going to trade two. I'm going to trade three. Um, And you have no problem sizing up just in that hope of like please and it's not you're trading smart you're you're hoping that one's just gonna hit on size
1: it's a recipe for disaster you have this perfect storm of i'm the exact same way when i was way down i usually had more on i am physically and mentally not in the right spot to be trading while at the same time having more size to do damage with and i think that's really the reason why I lost the biggest place I could have improved is by being more thoughtful about how I traded once the heat was on, once I was down money, there was so much like the low hanging fruit as far as trading. If you think about it like that, like the giant fruit tree, classic metaphor, low hanging fruit for me, that low hanging fruit would be just not acting like a uh, a knucklehead when I was at, you know. 50 to 70 percent of my puke limit because more often than it came back once i got that 70 percent it would close that gap quick and we said this little little on tuesday yeah
0: it gets it the it's it grow it goes really quick like i think you made the example you lose your first 1500 the second 1500 goes a hell of a lot quicker always um, it really does and it's, it's because you're not trading in a way that you should i found like and I, I'll give you some uh, some people out there some tactical, you know, advice that worked for me. It was size down, get a quick win, even if it was making twenty bucks. It was just locking in a little something that showed green on my board, uh, reminded me, hey, you can still do this, and that was a big deal for me. Um, it Doesn't work for everyone. Uh, it's trading, you know, those things are yeah. different for each and every person. But for me, it was just a reminder. I apologize if you can hear a train crew honking its horn.
1: Oh, I love it. Um, I'm sure it stays in the tracks. It's like your old house.
0: All oh, the yeah. trains going by. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, it was just a matter. It really comes down to, like, if I can just get a little win and do it a couple of times, they don't have to be huge. They don't have to be day-changing. You know, you can still walk away on a crappy day, but if you got a couple wins at the end of the day, get yourself a little bit closer to full, yeah. a little bit feeling a little better. You know, it's easier to go home on a winner than it is on a loser. I'm sure Tom Brady is really struggling this year, um, going home on his worst season ever um, and retiring than he would have had he just retired last year. You heard it here.
1: Don't be Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I think in the long term, and we'll try and end this on a positive note, I think in the long term, trading poorly can be death by a 1,000 cuts. On the day frame, at least in my experience, I truly believe what we talked about, that – things accelerate it's what's that saying about like bankruptcy uh at first it was at first it was really slow and then all at once like how'd you Mm -hmm. lose all your money at first very slowly and then all at once that's how my pattern of losing on a individual day would go very quickly but that's because we were power fading
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i will add to a positive note too when you're having a hot day Ensure you're locking in where you're at if, as best you can, but don't just shut down because you you set a goal of making X amount. You know, I think capping your winning days is tough. You know, we're gonna be in Vegas if the table's hot. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting up.
1: No, he might still be there several weeks from now. Some say he's still throwing <laughs> dice.
0: <laughs> Hasn't slept in 72 hours.
1: <laughs> Maybe the case. Yeah, and also remember that feeling. I Negative emotions are so much easier to remember because they tend to be so much more visceral and acute. I think that when you are trading well, when you have a winning day or whatever else, make a conscious effort to stay mindful and think about that feeling as well. Just so once trading has become nothing but pain for you, then what's the point? Don't If something's making you miserable, don't do it.
0: Yeah, you should enjoy it. I know a lot of traders that retired when they said it was no longer fun.
1: Yeah. Well, honestly, that's not too different than what I did to be. Not saying I'm completely retired, but it was definitely no longer fun. But I try to remember now, especially just uh, the higher points of it as well. So just be mindful, folks. I mean, I think that's probably the best advice and give for post-trade reflection is just be mindful. Shake it off. Don't dwell on what could have been, but also do your homework. See in the short term uh, if there's ways to improve where you left it, but don't beat yourself up, Dan.
0: I'll try not to. All right. Well, that's you be we- my accountability? I need this uh, in public um, on the record. Will you be my accountability partner in Vegas next week if I uh, start to hit that puke limit? I will be. I have a
1: 6 a.m. flight on Friday. So uh, you may be without a risk manager <laughs> after about 10 p.m. on Thursday. So, uh, you know, use, use what we've learned today, Dan, and uh, be a good boy. Duly noted. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully you have a grand next week as well. We'll see you in two weeks. As always, namaste and trade well. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.